apparently has some tension going on with the Los Angeles Lakers locker room and the front office. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Anthony Edwards and and Rudy Gobert, number one and two in defensive player of the year odds. And are the Minnesota Timberwolves a legit threat to make the NBA Finals? Me and Steve are going to break it all down right after this. Welcome to the number one place for your daily basketball news and analysis, NBA Central. What's going on, basketball fans? Welcome to another episode of NBA Central, your number one spot for everything basketball-related. I'm Hayes. That's Steve-O in the building today. And Steve-O, man, uh, the Lakers are going through it right now, bro. Uh, You know, losing a lot of games right now, and anytime the Lakers start losing at a high rate, drama starts. It just is what it is. It's the mixture of of the organization. And you got uh, LeBron there now. But so what we've heard uh, and that's come out yesterday is that uh, between the losing and, and, and lineup and rotations and things like that, that there are people in the front office and the players are becoming frustrated with Darvin Ham's lineup changes. And that's coming from Javon Bua from The Athletic. When you hear this, bro, I, I w- immediately went to personally. It's probably LeBron tension with Darvin Ham. But what do you hear when you think about this and Darvin Ham having that kind of tension with that that front office of the league? I ain't gonna lie. I think it's more than just him because, like, I think that what they're not like, maybe they're either two. No, they're two in their last ten, or three or two in yeah. their last ten. Yeah. Like, that's an issue when they when you start losing that much, especially the success that we've seen them going into in December. They started off December three and zero, beating some quality teams, beating the Rockets, the Suns, and the Pelicans, yeah. losing to the Mavericks next game, being the Suns on the Spurs. Ever since they beat the Spurs, it's been a downward trajectory. Losing to the Knicks, the Bulls, Timberwolves, they got a win against the Thunder. Lost it. They lost to the Celtics, but got another W against the um, Hornets, and they haven't won since. And I think that's um, like you said, coming in that you're seeing that they're having a lot of rotation differences. Every game, something's different. Nothing's not the same. There are some people that are not playing. I'm not. I don't think Gabe Vincent is, is out. I think he's out with an injury. Um, you, you're not seeing Jackson Hayes like they they used to be. You're not seeing Christian Woods in the same spot as you used to. Um, so I think um, especially the leaders on that team, LeBron and AD, are starting to get sick and tired of the constant moving, and they're um, starting to become a little disconnection going on in that locker room. Yeah, and I mean, the benching of D'Angelo Russell was the first step. I think that happened a little bit before That's Christmas where people yeah. were starting to look at, all right, what's going on here? And then now, the fact that they, like you said, they've gone two and eight in their last, and they lost three in a row on top of that. Those When you make a, a lineup change that size, if it works, people are going to be like, hey, good decision there. If it doesn't work, people are going to overexamine it and kind of blame you for it. And, you know, the the head coaching position of the Lakers is always a funny one, right? Because you could win a title in the Lakers, and then if you turn around and have a sucky season the season afterwards, you can be out of the town. So, like, Darvin Ham has to tread lightly. And so hearing that that's already kind of brewing there with the front office, with the players, I would not be surprised if Darvin Ham's seat is already starting to get hot with the Los Angeles Lakers. Bro, whenever this was something people in basketball need to understand about the Sir LeBron James. Whenever you're a coach for Sir LeBron James, you'll see always going to be hot. <laughs> it's never going to be cold yeah. because, like I said, the slightest bit of I don't like what you're doing versus the people that like to compare him to Jordan. 
Hey, y'all watch the last dance. We all seen that he didn't like Phil at first, but he understood the greatness and gave him a chance. And then by the time Jerry was done with him, he said, All right, you keep playing with me. If you want to bring him back? I ain't coming back. That's you can't say the same thing about anybody, maybe one person, and that's um fish over there in Clippers. I can't think of his name. He like a fish. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but it wouldn't come. But uh, Tyrone, uh, Tyrone, uh, Tyrone, yeah, that's the only coach he's really going to the to bat for. But besides mm-hmm. that, your coaching seat is always going to be hot. Uh, that man went to the finals with I forget his name, but the last name was Black. I forget his name, the coach. Um, I know he's talking about, yeah, Black fired him the next year. Now, we all knew Black wasn't the, the best coach anyway, so we kind of understood it, but the fact that he was fired in the very next year over something that minor, I was like, Jesus. So. Yeah, Darman has to tread lightly when LeBron is on your team. And then when you have somebody of a stature of AD who's also a great talent, not agreeing what you're doing too, hey, you'll see hot as hell, bro. Yeah, I mean, conference finals last year, won the inaugural in-season tournament this year, and that that is not going to provide any type of job security for you at all. So, like – when, when, when you are coached for the Los Angeles Lakers, then to double down, and then, as you said, you're you're also coaching LeBron James' team, you, that seat stays. So you got to keep having success. And the moment that you don't, or the moment some things start going left, you are going to be made the scapegoat, whether right or wrong. Now, I'll say this. Darvin Ham, I wouldn't call him by any stretch of the imagination a great head coach. He's not a terrible right. head coach either. But we know with the Lakers, they feel like they can always turn it out, right? They can keep turning. And because they may be prepared to go to a new segment of their franchise too, if LeBron does leave in the offseason, that job can get even hotter for you. So, yeah. yeah, I was going to ask you the question, like, is it, like you said, the main thing that that shook everything up was the benching of D'Angelo Russell. Mm -hmm. And I can sit there and I don't, I'm not in the locker room, but I could assume that AD and, the, and LeBron and the rest of them, like, bro, we just won the in-season tournament with this guy. Yeah. So why are you sitting here trying to change things up just because you seen something in the in a couple games that maybe didn't favor us just because of some just that, that's what some things coaches do. They see something not working for like two to three games and be like, okay, we gotta get away from that. That's not always the case. Especially our coach, but you know, that's a story for another day. That man lives and dies by whatever's happening in a couple of games. But uh, I, I agree with you, and I and I, I listen. The, the The issue is is that we already knew that that Los Angeles Lakers roster was flawed, and don't get me wrong, they added a lot of players at the trade deadline last year, and um and they they really helped them go to a conference finals run. But now the teams has more tape on that. We're seeing that not be as successful. Now they also have some some moves that didn't work. The Christian Wood things like that. Got to work them out the rotation. But I think ultimately, like this team was already poised to make a trade. We hear the Lakers in almost mm-hmm. every trade scenario for everyone. I really do think that as we go forward to, through this, that trade scenario, the Lakers are a team that we know they they get reactionary with their roster, and they could be, <laughs> completely be that we see this team make a, a sizable trade or set of trades at the trade deadline because of the route that it's going. Hey, i tell you one thing. Daniel Greenberg would have made the same thing about uh, L.A., and he would have been correct, just like he is. Sometimes the city can't run a mess of a team just by how boisterous y'all are and how loud y'all can be. Yeah, I think sometimes they we see – a lot of cases of ownership and G and the front uh the front office not always listening to fans and it makes us not think that we don't have power but we do
Yeah, that's true. You do. A lot more than what some people, and especially depending on what the fan base is, you may have even right, more especially power. Especially in the market, yeah. Yeah, depending on if you have one of those uh, fan bases that that uh, that are really, I mean, well, one of those ownership groups that are really reactive to what the fan base is feeling at that time, you could really cause some serious change, and that may be what we see with the Lakers uh, going forward as we head towards this trade deadline. Um, but anything left on the Lakers before we move on? Hey, uh, I'm hearing some people talking about, now they're talking about, they, I mentioned the name, they mentioned the name of, um, um, Donovan Mitchell, and I said, <laughs> Hell no, that should not. I'd rather y'all try to go get Zach if y'all go do that. Get yeah, D'Angelo Mitchell out of your head, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell. You said D'Angelo, D'Angelo, whatever. <laughs> Too many damn D's. I feel you, Pause. I feel you, man. That dog. <laughs> Pause. Pause. Oh, uh, with that said, man, we're gonna move into the next topic. The defensive player of the year race right now is getting real interest. You have Rudy Gobert and Anthony Davis, number one and number two right now, is odds on favorite per betting sites. Take that for what you will. The top five is Rudy, Anthony Davis, Chet, Joel Embiid, and Jaron Jackson Jr. All those names make sense. Chet Holmgren's having a great season, by the way. Um, so when you hear that Anthony Davis and and he actually had a comment this offseason, Steve, I don't know if you remember when he was asked about how far he feels he's away from Jordan. He said, I got a, I got a while away before I can catch up to Jordan. It like Anthony Davis is having the type of season right now where it's it, he's he's impacting both sides of the ball. And, you know, keep in mind, the Minnesota Timberwolves don't have a great offense at all. They are actually towards the bottom of the league. They are on the bottom 10 as far as offense, as far as score scoring per mm -hmm. game. But the thing that separates them is that they are the best defense in the NBA by a mile. It's not even close. Next one up to them technically is the Houston Rockets, um, which is surprisingly enough, too, that they're playing the brand of defense that they're playing. Is this surprising? So, I guess not when you look at the Ross. I just, no. I guess coming into the season and, and the coach having Udoka down there now as well. I just didn't, I didn't know what to expect from the Houston Rockets because uh, that's another team that's really surprising a lot of people. But mm -hmm. through the first 33 games so far of this of this season, the Minnesota Timberwolves are the number one team in the East, but it's led in part a lot by Anthony, uh, Anthony, and well, I got completely thrown off of what I wanted to say there, Anthony Davis. But uh, how do you feel about Anthony Davis and this defensive player of the year run that he could potentially be on? Um, I've been missing this ant. This was the ant that was used to be one of my favorite players in the league. I was I always knew, like for one, if, for for, the, for everybody that paid attention his whole career going back from Kentucky, that's what got him into the league. That's what mm -hmm. made him the generational talent. It we didn't even know he was going to be this talented on the offensive side of the ball coming out of college. We knew he was going to be a generational talent when it comes to defense. So the fact that we didn't see this whole 180 is still impressive, but it's also kind of frustrating because, you know, sometimes in the, in the case of in the games, especially in the playoffs, you sacrifice one for the other. And mm -hmm. when he came to the Lakers, he leaned on his scoring more than his uh, physical traits and playing defense. And now I think he's starting to realize he can't just do both. He can't just focus on one. Um, and and when he first won the championship, he had plenty of defense around him. Therefore, he was able to slack on defense sometimes, and he could just shoot, score, and do what he wanted to do. No, this team is not that good defensively. And just like you said, if you want to have some of the best defenses around your team, you have to be the main guy that's the best defender on his team. You have to set the example. And once they see that you playing hard, playing the best, being the best defender out there, LeBron gonna play hard. 
Anthony, uh, Reeves is going to play it. D'Angelo Russell, who don't play defense, plays defense. And that's the thing why I'm most impressed in him, and I'm glad to see him back in, in the top three and saying he's probably the second-best defender in the league right now. Yeah, Anthony Davis is balling out right now, man. And like I said, uh, it, it the way that he's playing is it's is we, we know what Anthony Davis can be when he's healthy, right? And the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is that we just need to see it. Um, be consistent, see him be able to stay on the court. He's having, he's putting together one of his his healthier seasons, um, and that's that's good to see. And when you look at the the impact, especially with Rudy Gobert having the doubt around him when he went to Minnesota, the bad season that they had, um, but Anthony, him and Anthony Davis be number one, number two, especially as big. It's all led by big men in the defensive player of the of the of the of the year conversation so far. Uh, do you do do you lean more towards Anthony Davis because of what he can bring offensively? Or which it does it shouldn't matter in defensive player of the year, but like yeah. the storyline's part of it because he is carrying so much of the load offensively while still giving this brand of defense. Yeah, I just know how the story just because you said storyline, I know how the story going. The story would probably lean for Rudy right now more just because they're leading in the West. And um they nobody didn't think they was gonna do that. Everybody was talking about how maybe that fives trade. Um, thing they did to get Rudy was such a mistake, but now he proven year in year out that he, regardless of how bad you think he is on the offensive side of the ball, he's gonna be that best defender in the league in the top three or top five every single year. So I, me personally, I I know the better defender is probably versatile wise is probably um Anthony Davis, but storyline I I can see them giving it to Rudy if it started right if it stopped right now. Yeah, and Anthony Davis with the defense that he's playing, still giving you 25 points per game, 12 rebounds, 55% shooting from the field so far. Uh, he's played all 33 games. Like this is this this could be if Anthony Davis can continue this. And keep in mind, he just turned 30 years old in March. Well, I guess he's about to turn 31 in, in three months. But like this Jeez. could really show what Anthony Davis' last leg of his of his career could be. Anthony Davis, if he could stay healthy, can still play another four or five years at a high level because the way he's moving out there on the court right now, I'm telling you, bro, like, this reminds me of year, like, three or four of Anthony Davis, bro. You look like Prime. He's starting to look a little more like Prime where he down no battling. He ain't all doing all them damn fadeaways because he's scared to roll his ankle. He's scared to hurt his shoulder. He's putting his shoulder into people now. Like I say, he's fighting on them boards. He's boxing out. So he, I, you can tell that he has a little bit more trust into his body now. He didn't put in the work. Um, so it's all about staying more healthy, leaving them damn Kobe's alone. I told you, I'm going to keep saying that every time we talk about Eddie Davis, stop. He should be banned from wearing loose cut shoes <laughs> and Kobe's because he, the way he plays, he's too athletic. One day he's going to land and it's going to roll. Yeah, he needs a bigger – he needs a better playing shoe. But, um, like – I will say this, and I, I know it's random, but he was not wearing big ass Kobe's in and um in the Pelicans, and he was wearing high tops. And was he getting ankle injuries? No, that's that's a fact. That's a fact. So wear the right shoes and keep doing what you're doing, AD. Facts, facts. Well, let's move over to Rudy Gobert's team, who actually is leading in most betting odds as far as the, the Defensive Player of the Year award, to the mm-hmm. Minnesota Timberwolves, who are leading the Western Conference right now. You got Anthony Edwards playing a great brand of basketball, 26 points per game. Carl Anthony Towns, 21 points per game. And it seems like the season that they went through last year where you just saw and, and had questions on Cat and Gobert fitting together, those, they figured it out. They figured it out. And shout out to them for being able. And this is why sometimes you have to give – Good play, uh, great players time to kind of work it all out. 
But I think the balance of this roster is working out really good. They're the number one defense in the league overall while having a bottom 10 offense. But they're, they're, they've used that to propel them to be the top team in the Western Conference right now. And, and it doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon with the way they've been playing. They've been very consistent over the course of the season. They have lost their last two games where they're 6-4 in their last, uh, last 10. Uh, they're only nine losses on the season so far. When you look at the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, Steve-O, do you feel like this is a team that actually can contend to get to the NBA Finals, or are they going to be like the Sacramento Kings of last year and be one of those teams that, as the playoffs go on, kind of fizzle off? I feel like they almost have more – or uh, they're more prepared than what Sacramento was because Sacramento almost just came out of nowhere yeah. with it. They they became – oh, they we could see them being an up-and-coming team to, oh, they're one of the best teams in the league. Can yeah. they sustain it? For the last two to three years, we've been seeing the Minnesota Timberwolves get into that playoff spot, that play-in game, and they've been having some decent performance. Either they lost or, like, I think, was it last year where they did make it to the first round? So now – or I feel like they made I one – I, I think they made one playoff. They got swept, <laughs> but they they made one playoff. But that does a lot for you for experience. So they're constantly each for the last two to three years gaining actual quality basketball experience. So now I was saying this earlier, like maybe 10 to 15 games ago in the beginning of the season, like, okay, they're 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 leading. Let's see if it's sustainable. We don't know if sustainable if it could be sustainable, but I feel like now it could be burn bearing injury. It could be sustainable because they're they're now prepared for it. They went through it the right way. They've been constantly getting better. They've been figuring out the Knicks and Kearneys of the roster. They've been understanding the chemistry between them all. They're playing a team brand of basketball, even though they like usually a team like this that's this young, somebody of the caliber of Cat or Ant will go to the point of I'm scoring 30. Yeah. And I think that's the reason they're not doing that. They're they, Cat is getting what he's getting, um, and is getting 26. It's not overbearing. They're letting the game come to him, and but they're also getting everybody involved. And for the most part, there's nothing much you can ask for. They're doing it the right way. They're constantly getting better. They've shown that they're constantly getting better. It's just about being sustaining. When you look at last season for the Minnesota Timberwolves, they didn't get their 24th win of the season until January 21st. We just kicked off January. They already have 24 wins on the season. This team is legitimately is going to win a lot of regular season games. The question that I have here is that as they get to the playoffs, because we know the playoff basketball is different, you're going to need players to step up. So when you look at having a player that has the ability to take over the game, throw this to you, uh, uh, Steve-O, do you think with the play that Anthony Edwards and Cat have been having, do you think that, that that either one of those guys have shown enough that, that, that as the as a series gets tighter that you can bet on one of those guys to be the thing that gets them over the top in a, in a, in a playoff series? I believe um, Ant will because in the playoffs we did see Ant. Ant was the only consistent guy that they could go mm-hmm. to. When they needed a bucket, Ant was the guy. Everybody else was the one that didn't show up. Mainly, I'm looking at Cat. So the main person I'm looking at in the playoffs, as soon as it get playoff time, I'm not looking at Aaron. I'm looking at Cat. I'm going to need Cat to play way more physical. I'm going to need him to constantly score them out of point, shoot the ball the way he's been shooting. And they should constantly, they should easily, like, at this point, I won't say they'll win it, but they could make it to the third round and playing the way they are now. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and I think a big part of this, while Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns are rightfully so going to get a lot because of their play, both offensively and defensively, 
Mike Conley being the point guard there, I don't want to overlook how important that is to making this all uh-huh. my Having a point guard like Mike Conley that can run the show, and that basically he's only averaging six assists per game, but you know that Mike Conley is kind of dictating that offense and kind of communicating out there. And we've talked about it with our team, the Bulls, right? How important it is to have a communicator out there on offense and defense. And Mike Conley is that guy right now. I think he's an important, important part of the cog. He's removing some of that ball handling from other players. He's allowing you know players to kind of go off what thrives and what what works best for them, and it really does help that offense really go. And like I said, don't even have a really great offense, but it is really helping them be able to be in enough games offensively to where their defense is carrying them to the wins. Yeah, and again, he's getting them the ball at the right spots, and that was one of the main reasons why. If a certain someone, if y'all remember, is saying, "Hey, we should look at him getting the Bulls," but everybody want to get on me talking, "Oh, it costs too much." I don't give a damn. He's a point guard that we need, and then you're seeing the benefits of that point guard and how much he's making. He's making uh and a potential MVP candidate. He's turning um Cat into more of an efficient shooter just because he know when and where to give him the right times. He's actually showing you that Rudy Gobert ain't just a tall motherfucker that can just go get a lob. Yeah. There's actually something else that he can bring to the game of a value that I've been trying to explain to people. And you're getting that out of there because you have a point guard. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because I was, I was going to be the one to bring it up if you didn't. Facts. Like it's just Mike Conley such an important part of that. And really, they don't have anybody that's could replicate what Mike Conley does. So hopefully he stays healthy for them. Knock on wood. Ain't trying to jinx nobody because I really do feel like if Mike Conley were to go down for a little stretch of time, that offense that already is isn't top in the NBA is going to get even it's going to get considerably worse. It's not to say you still don't have players that can fill it up, but you got to have a, uh, uh, somebody there to kind of bring it all together and weave it together. And Mike Conley's really doing that right now mm-hmm. for the for the Minnesota Timberwolves for sure. Facts. So, we, so you so you're you're saying that right now you believe the Minnesota Timberwolves can make it to the conference finals, but you're not necessarily betting that they can make it out. I'm not betting. I'm That's betting good. if I'm have to bet, I'm betting depending on the matchup they can make it out the first round. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, matchups do play an important part, especially when you're a team that hasn't really gone through the the long playoff runs yet, right? You, you so matchups are an important part of that, and with the playing tournament, that can go a number of different right. ways. So watch the Minnesota guess, Timberwolves. Like I was saying, like if you got somebody like the Mavericks that somehow dropped, that's a nightmare to see. You don't want to yeah. run it. Yeah, and they're they're the seven seed right now, and you know the thing is, and this is the last question before we go, Steve-O. The Denver Nuggets right now, third in the Western Conference, is only one game behind the Minnesota Timberwolves. But the thing that I'm worried about it with the Timberwolves, the OKC Thunder, I know they're the number one and number two team in the Western Conference right now, but it feels like this is the season that it feels like the Denver Nuggets understand after winning a title, hey, we don't really have to turn it on all the way until about March. And that's the sleeping beast that I'm waiting for in the Western Conference. That's the key thing. They yeah. figured out – whenever a team can figure out how to turn it on and off switch, yeah, you're in trouble. And they're one of those teams that didn't figure out to how to turn it on and off switch. And whenever they turn it on, I just hope I hope SGA is prepared. I hope any of them is prepared because it's going to get ugly real quick towards them last 20 games. That's a fact. That's a fact. And watch out for the Denver Nuggets always being the sleeping beast. If that, if I could even say that with them having 24 wins right. so far in the season, but I just feel like and, and I've, I watch a lot of Denver Nuggets games because I love watching, watching Jokic play basketball, but I think uh, you you can tell where it's sometimes where it's like 
they, they literally sitting there like, all right, bet second half, so let's go ahead and get them up out of here. Like, we, we let them have like, fun in the first half. Let's go ahead and get them up out of here. It literally is the same thing Golden State used to do. Like, I'd be yeah. like, yeah, now, shoot. <laughs> it, it just, it, 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 and when you're going up against it, it's just like, it's like watching, you know, when you used to watch the whole, um, I forget the fighting game, street fighting games, and you see the little bar go down. It looked like when you just leave a controller, your little cousin playing, and it just yeah, go down. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's terrible to watch. Yeah, facts, facts. Well, we'll see, man. Western Conference and playoff race in general seems like we're going to be in for a fun end of season, especially in the Eastern Conference as those last like three, four seeds, all those teams are really close to each other. The Western Conference is always wild because there's only – it's crazy. Between the first and ninth seed, they're separated by five games. That's crazy. So, yeah, we'll end up seeing, man, fun playoffs ahead. Anything left, Steve, before we get out of here, brother? Nah, man, just make sure y'all tune in. The content is steadily dropping. Yes, I said steadily. (laughs) That's a fact. Make sure you guys are following us at NBA Central Pod on every social media platform. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, NBA Central Show at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything basketball-related. And we'll see you guys the next time we drop a video, which will probably be tomorrow. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break.